Hello, and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery. And today we are talking about the place where it's always winter and never Christmas. Narnia! The main one. The the main one. The one with the lion. The one that you think it is. <laughs> yeah. The yes. lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. My sister calls Calgary the place where it's winter and never Christmas. <laughs> yes. Appropriate. <sighs> yeah. Good yeah. times. Good times. Had you read this before? Oh, yeah. I read them all at a time when you read these books. I have no idea. I think yeah, it's like, not as... It was not for class, and it was not for, and it was later probably than it normally would be. Like a lot mm-hmm. of, I think mm-hmm. it's like grade seven that is most people. Yeah, um, I don't know when I first read it, but yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Like, mm-hmm. but I definitely did things out of order because I like the first fantasy book I read when I in grade mm. six was The Hobbit, and then I just went yeah. from there. Um, yeah, fair enough. And then read all the Merlin books, which is were not appropriate for twelve. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I read it as a kid. I think I read all of them. I don't remember. I read a lot of books as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read it in. I feel like I've talked about my mm. children's lit class that I took in university, and this was one of the books. But I didn't write any papers or anything on it. So other than just our like one class where we talked about this book, I didn't really do any digging in. And that class was mostly just. Um, talking about religion and mm-hmm. the patriarchy yeah oh boy this book is like i just i'm like how how is this still a book that people read yeah because like the world building of like the fantasy world isn't even that good no controversial and maybe, opinion mm, but like maybe it gets better because of all the other books like obviously i read them all then but i don't know even the story isn't that good. Like, they don't do no. anything. And then Aslan saves, solves all the problems. Yep. He's Aslan and for, like, Father Christmas solve all seconds. the problems. Yeah. Like, at least Gandalf dies for, like, a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, like, leaves people alone long enough that they have to solve some solve of their own problems. Solve problems themselves, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like, the Tolkien and Lewis went to the bar, came up with that plan, and then Lewis went home and Tolkien was like, no, I'm going to make it be longer. And Lewis missed that part of the night Indeed. of the bar. And also, like, the like he totally lost the plot of, like, the foreshadowing of the gifts. And then the, stu- the students, the kids, like, use their own knowledge to use their gifts no no yeah they get the gifts from father christmas and then aslan tells them when to use them it's like yeah like just he's like this is what you're gonna do i'm gonna go off with your sisters but you do this and then do this and then do this and this and this and then Mm -hmm. you'll be fine and then you'll be a king because of the prophecy i don't understand yeah and like yes the white witch was evil but i think of her a lot like um like alphaba very Mm -hmm. like Yes, she does things like turn people into stone, but like, what was the instigating inci- incident? Yeah, um, exactly. apparently, like the the fir- the book that like is the before this book. in it talks about that. Um, but I don't trust C.S. Lewis to tell me the story about her no. that I want to read. No, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's like I would like the the wicked version of mm-hmm. yeah, Narnia. That's a good idea. Yeah, because yeah, she's described as 
pale with beautifully bright colored lips and so therefore must be evil um, i guess so yeah i don't i don't know um yeah, yeah. it uh Starkid can work on it for us oh man that would be so good yeah sign me up yeah, i was just thinking about twisted i'm just reading this book about this woman who's green and so everybody hates her <laughs> it's basically that and then also like these british children come in and God declares them as the rulers of the land mm-hmm. yeah. and then everybody listens to them and they do good. I mean, it was the 50s when all of the countries were like, uh, Britain, get the F out. Yeah. Well, all, by all the countries, I mean India, but, um, and probably others, but like, yeah, it was from a, like, but also like patriarchal, like treatment of women goes along with patriarchal treatment of mm-hmm. other other people british people yeah. <laughs> non-white british white dudes mm-hmm. um yeah so you know not surprising but there are some cool animals in it yeah. um we've talked a lot about lions so i think we probably won't talk about lions but do you want to talk about aslan in particular yeah well there's this line in the wiki like this part does nothing to do with c.s lewis but in the wiki they're like while the sequence of events is comparable to the death of jesus it's not identical there are a few differences and i'm like he's a lion that's the difference. Like, it's such a dumb sentence. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's he's a lion. Like, yeah, like the rest of it is like, like the order of you know when, when he's shaved and all of that stuff is different. I'm like, but he's also a lion. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Gosh. In case you haven't picked up on this, Aslan was meant to be like a portrait, although not allegorical portrait of Christ. I don't really know. What that's meant to mean. I don't think that's much different. But he also writes, Lewis was like, I didn't mean for this to be a Christian parable morality story. And I'm like, are you sure? But, okay, like, I I didn't mean it to be a Christian parable morality story, but I wanted to write a story for children that tells them how to be good and well behaved. Mm -hmm. But not not too Christian, but it's not a Christian morality story. No, exactly. But you be good and well behaved and you can go to this great place where uh, a very um, patriarchal, figurehead dies for your sins yeah and, and then and there's candy yep and yeah i bleh, i don't even have words <laughs> yeah. anyway so aslan is again he's the gandalf of narnia which uh-huh. is how i describe him because he is there's always going to be these figures gandalf dumbledore aslan and you know sometimes as because again my first experience with them was gandalf i yeah. thought that they were all good like gandalf yes um, we can have a long discussion about Dumbledore, but we don't have that kind of time. And Aslan is good, but that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Yep. And like, is he good? I don't know. Like he's good. Or is he like, try, there. like, wants you to think he's good, mm-hmm. but he's, and he's good if you do what he says. Exactly. He's good if you do what he says. He's good if he gets to be in charge and yeah. everybody He's like that teacher, that teacher that like, if you were a good student, everybody, like you liked him because he liked you. But if you like mm-hmm. struggled or didn't understand instructions or like asked one too many questions, questions, then you didn't like yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very similar to that. And just like, it's just so strange. It's one of those, like everything from like when they meet up with Aslan and they go to the war to the end or to the battle, I guess, to the end everything is just like moving through a prophecy. Yeah. And it's one of those like questions of like, what is the point of life? If 
all you're doing is following a prophecy. Like, you know, one of those kinds of things, but that doesn't get asked. They're just moving through a prophecy. Like, it's not an exciting story. Well, yeah, because the, the, the instigating incident of the pro- of the story is that, why is this happening? Because it was foretold. Like Exactly. Yeah. No. So he's there and there's no stakes whatsoever. Yes. Like, the girls think there are stakes because he dies. But yes. literally, he is back in the morning. Ugh. Like, it's not even 12 hours. I know. And he's back and he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And they're like, oh, no, we missed you so much. I'm like, if you had been asleep, you wouldn't have known. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, anyways, let's talk about more animals <laughs> and less rage. <laughs> okay, so the first animal-ish creature that Lucy meets when she first goes is Tumnus, who is Tumnus. very cute. Mm-hmm. So Tumnus is a fawn, which is kind of like a satyr, but is not a satyr. I had, it got very um, confused. If you want to hear about satyrs, talk about them in the Hercules episode that we did um, mm-hmm. two summers ago which is a great episode with less ranting and more talking about how music is awesome and um, Nadaria mainly. Um, yeah, and how Meg is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, there's a bunch of stuff. They're like, satyrs and fawns were kind of together, the same thing in Greek mythology. And then in Roman, they kind of, like, split. But they're also kind of based off of Pan from the Greek mythology. It's very confusing. Yeah. But fawns are half man, half goat. And satyrs are, like, technically supposed to be, like, ugly dwarfs with, like, tails and stuff. And kind of, like, more And, like, donkey horns. Mm-hmm. And satyrs were, like, woman-loving and also had giant erections all the time, which we talk about in the Hercules episode. Yeah. Not in the Hercules Disney movie, surprisingly. Shocking. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. And fawns were, like, foolish, and satyrs were smart, and, like, stuff like that. So, like, fawns are the innocent kind version of satyrs? Like, I don't know. That's kind yeah. of what I'm that, that getting seems, from it. That strikes. Yeah. I don't know. He's very, like, gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. like, again, he's just, he's very similar to the behavior of the other animals that they come across. They're very, yeah. like, proper... Proper British animals. Indeed. Indeed. So, Speaking of proper British animals. Uh-huh. Um, beavers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when they first mentioned beavers, I'd totally forgotten that there were beavers in the book. Because um, I thought that, like, I don't know, it'd been a long time since I'd read the book. And I don't feel like the beavers were in the movie. I don't know. I barely watched the movie. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, there's beavers. And then I was like, what? There's no beavers in... In Europe or in Great Britain, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to rant about how beavers are only in North America. And then I looked it up and uh, there's two <laughs> species of beavers. Um, so learned something new the other day. Um, but it's not surprising that I didn't know about them because Eurasian beavers uh, used to be widespread throughout Europe and Asia and like Russia and all that stuff. Um, but were hunted to near extinction. Mm. They were totally extirpated or like locally extinct in Great Britain from the mid 1500s. Oh, kind um, yeah. of around the time that they were like, oh, no, there's no more fur here. Let's go to this other place. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a few populations remained and they've since started to do some reintroductions. Like there's been some uh, successful small re- reintroductions in a few places in Great Britain, um, which is very cool. Uh, 
to try to increase some population. They tried to do some hybridizing or like crossbreeding with North American beavers, but it failed miserably. They turn out to have totally different numbers of chromosomes um, oh. and are slightly morphologically different. Um, so yeah, it's basically all signs point to they look vaguely similar, um, but have actually been geographically and oh. reproductively isolated for a very long time. Uh, but behaviorally, they're very similar. Um, unlike in the book, they don't eat fish. <laughs> they are herbivores. Uh, they're pretty general. Like, they'll eat kind of whatever. So in the summer, they'll eat, like, brushes and grasses and, plant, like, whatever they can catch. And then, but they are strongly adapted to be able to eat, um, like, bark and the inner like soft woody things which is handy in the winter when all the grassy leafy things are not there Mm. (laughs) so the other big thing in the book is they talk just about beaver dams but beavers don't actually live in their dams uh they build two different structures so they'll build a beaver dam which uh dams off a river to make a pond and then they can swim in the deep water of the pond beavers are strongly aquatic they spend like huge amounts of their life in the water and then in that pond they will big they will big they will build or dig out a lodge which is where they live um their lodges can be massive like six meters across at the surface of the water and two meters tall and they'll make them really sturdy like so sturdy that they'll last all winter um because they'll kind of like i don't think they usually hibernate but they will sort of like hang out in almost exclusively inside their lodge um mm. through the winter yeah, like me mm-hmm. yeah i know i'm like am i a beaver when's the last time i left my house <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so and they'll they'll build those in like two days with their whole family will come together and build this big lodge um mm-hmm. they enter their dams or sorry they enter their lodge from underwater um which is like how it part of how it protects them from large predators. Why isn't there a Disney movie about a beaver? I don't know. There is a really great IMAX movie that I've seen too many times. Yeah. Um, a sort of documentary style IMAX movie. It's really, really great. It's super old now. It's like over 25 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, super great because it's like if you see it on a big screen, it's like you are a beaver. Um, highly recommend if you are at a place that has an IMAX theater i don't really know um, and is randomly showing an old beaver nature documentary um, Look, if you didn't get tickets to spider-man then go see this at imax instead indeed <laughs> um yeah highly recommend uh they do have strong family structures so like that was pretty accurate in this movie or in the book i mean um but i don't know if they have such strong gendered opinions about household chores as Mm. the beaver family does oh my god so like the boys and mr beaver go like hunt and kill a fish and by the boys i mean they watch him fish Mm -hmm. and while the girls like do the laundry set the table make all the stuff clean the thing do that blah 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 like Mm -hmm, it just mm -hmm. goes on forever and then but it's the boys who are great because they watch watch somebody get a fish yep yep Mm -hmm. um that's Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> apparently I have beaver feelings and also feelings about the division of household chores. <laughs> well, because um, I feel like it's not just in that. Like, there's definitely other parts where, like, no, totally through swords and yeah, yeah. I mean, the girls do get cool gifts. Yeah, well, that's true. They get yeah, like a bow and arrow and a mm-hmm. dagger. I don't remember. No, she got the healing potion. Like, she got two. 
Oh, did she? I can't remember. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but so but you yeah. said original Katniss. Yes. So yeah. Well, he's got that going for him. Yes, true. Except then she yeah. returns to England. And yeah, that's actually, we were both like, we knew about this part where there's like either an epilogue or like in the beginning of the second book or something or the sequel to this. He talks about like Susan like can't come back to Narnia because she like decided that she wanted to wear pantyhose and lipstick. So therefore mm-hmm. is ineligible for Narnia now. I don't really know. Um, yeah. This C.S. Lewis guy had feelings about women who, you know, wear lipstick so, and like, aren't married. Um, did he want her to become an adult woman and not wear pantyhose? Isn't that worse? I don't like, No, I think I think it's basically like it's like that paradox of like be an adult woman and therefore you will be a mother and a wife and have no interest mm-hmm. in Narnia. But if you are interested in Narnia, then you can't come back because... Okay. Yeah. So it's like simultaneously be so innocent, but so busy being a wife and mother that you won't want to come back to Narnia or you aren't allowed back. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no in between. She just can't go back because she has a a vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once it starts, like, you know, possibly being useful. If she chooses not to use it, she's not allowed back. Mm-hmm. And if she chooses to have babies, then she shouldn't want to come back. Exactly. Why would you want to go back? Yeah. Anyways. You can vacuum. Yeah. I don't know. These books, I I was curious when I went, went to read it because, like, I have nieces that are coming up on kind of the age that you might start reading books like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they should. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, it's a similar when we read Charlotte's Web. And mm-hmm. like, most of this book is about trying to marry off an eight-year-old. Whereas my niece really liked it, but I, you know, she was like five or maybe yeah, four. Yeah, so obviously doesn't doesn't pick up part. on that. And then yeah. also just she didn't care about the kid. She just liked the talking exactly. spider and the pig. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those like you should read this when you're five, but not when you're like over twelve, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because or like you should read it and be angry about it. Yes. Yeah, and that's also the thing true. with this too is like, I don't think I'm not saying that like kids shouldn't read this book but they should read it and like have somebody to have a conversation about all of these issues with not like be here's this amazing book it is perfect have no no yeah, feelings exactly. to the contrary because mm-hmm. um, it's a classic mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't really mean anything there's a lot of problematic classics out there indeed but um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't read them and it's like no interesting. i agree like it's yeah a, and you know like i never would have read it again if it wasn't for this and like no. we had talked about the susan thing after you had taken that class but i and i always knew that aslan was a a allegory but i never realized how bad it was yeah exactly um so here's the question about susan and then also lucy so they live in narnia and they grow up and they live there for a long long time and become fancy kings and queens but they don't get married and have babies there no it's very strange so like why although i think they do um i just looked but it like up. not in the first one yeah i don't know um that's just in the, like the epilogue yeah no the thing and the quote about susan is like in the last book in the series so it's like oh okay yeah so i mean i don't know how relevant it is to this but but yeah people have lots of feelings about that quote and i don't know how like applicable it is because like obviously he wrote them in like a certain order but yeah mm-hmm. um what were you asking i lost track 
Oh, just um, like I, I guess I wouldn't like how much retconning was kind of done in the series. Like they were, they're like they lived there forever and they were great and happy. And then they went back and they were no time had passed. Oh, so eventually she can't go back because she her vagina starts working. Not her vagina, her uterus starts working. Yeah, and but she grows to be an adult woman. Both of them grow to be adult women in Narnia the first time, but they. Do they get married and they just don't talk about it in the first one? Do I think they... it's like that, that, because it's it's an allegory of like, they they don't really go to Narnia. They're just playing kings and queens in mm-hmm. in the back of the yeah. closet. Um, yeah. So like you know when you're as a kid playing house or kings and queens, like yeah, you might be like a mom and have a baby, or you might be a queen, but mm-hmm. like you don't think about that. It's yeah. like a very childish. Mm-hmm, envisioning mm-hmm. of adulthood okay and then when you finally grow up and you're like no i don't want to do that mm-hmm. anymore yep yeah so i don't know don't know but yeah there's definitely some plot holes and like most of the way through the book you're like there's no need for this to be a sequel because like the world of narnia is not that interesting but then no. he like forces it like shoehorns it into a sequel at the end about like well maybe you'll come back blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um i don't know It's just like one of those books and it's interesting like this book sort of being sort of vaguely contemporary with Tolkien Mm -hmm. and like obviously a precursor for like children like future children's literature like Harry Potter, um, Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two big ones that I'm sort of thinking about. Yeah. like the like I'm thinking of like the YA that's like not the teenager YA, like the younger middle grades mm-hmm. kind of series. Yeah. Which I would count like early Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, like well, I don't know, then, there's been lots of like fantasy series and stuff since then. Um Yeah, and then stuff like um I don't know enough about it, but like Lemony Snicket or Yeah, totally. The nanny one. Oh yeah, Nanny McPhee. Yeah, like stuff like their life is horrible. They have to go live with a stranger. And, and then they also stuff like off to a magical land. Yeah. And then there's like Something the like non-fantasy that. versions of it too. Like um, Boxcar Children. Mm-hmm. And oh, I guess The Borrowers is kind of like a fantasy thing. Um, yeah. So like you can kind of see like the precursors. Actually, I don't know when the Boxcar Children came out. Probably around the same time as this. Um, like all these precursors that then come together to like form what we now think of as just like children's literature that's always existed, yeah. but like mm-hmm. it didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like I, so yeah, the paper that I wrote in that class, I probably talked about, but like talking about like Anne of Green Gables and Hermione as like literary characters who like literature basically. Um, mm-hmm. And then also like being female. Um, but yeah, like there's clearly a lot of steps between those, but in terms of books that were like, like, Anne of Green Gables was, like, such a, like, ahead right. of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was, like, in the, like, 50 years before this book came out. Um, and, like, a book about children for children. And now you think that those kind of books have always existed. But, like, mm-hmm. there were early forms of them, of which I would count this as, like, an early form. I'm sure there were, like, children's fantasy books before this. But they would have been, yeah, like, maybe more serials, like, things that are held up even worse in modern days, yeah. probably. <laughs> I Stuff don't know. Stuff like that. And then, like, it goes hand in hand with, um, I don't even know, what, just books for children. Like, there's this, I'm trying to find what it's called. I think it's, 
It's not We Are the Babysitters Club. It's the other one that I read this year about the history of YA. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to find it. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But it's, again, it's the history of, like, not YA, but uh, middle 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 grades, yeah. Like, middle grades, like Babysitter's Club, like that kind of reading level. Yeah. um, And how it came to be and, like, all sorts of stuff. Like, it started, you know, like, the 40s was Nancy Drew. Yeah. Is it. That's what well, and the Hardy Boys, yeah, and the Hardy Boys, yeah, hard obviously because you can't have can't start with a woman, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's how it started. Those things, and then people started riffing off of that, and then it kind of went well, and like a bunch of different phases, and then Anna Martin and Francine Pascal showed up, and literally then well, and there was Roald Dahl in there too, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and sort of like yeah. So there's this definitely like post-war flourishing of that where like. Yeah, like wanting to have books for children. But yeah, like there's a reason in my children's lit class, like we did fairy tales and how those came about. And then we kind of did like Anne of Green Gables and then like Roald Dahl, Narnia, like everything was later. Like there wasn't really anything other than Anne of Green Gables that we did that was like pre probably Narnia, I think would have been the next one. I don't know. I don't have the list anymore, but it hasn't always existed and it didn't form fully out of nothing but you can see like narnia has this strong connection to like the morality tales which is where fairy tales can come from Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. you know stories that were told communally orally and they were told either with like a moral or like you know keep your kids safe like you know uh, little red riding hood like don't go walking in the woods alone because the wolf will rape you like (laughs) um yeah that kind of stuff i don't know it's just it's, I don't know, it's just cool to see, like, a snippet of the time. So, yeah, like, as much as I think it's pretty clear that we strongly dislike this book, I do think it is, like, worth reading and worth examining and worth, like, thinking about how it has influenced books that you do like. Yeah, it's it's interesting when, because we've been looking at so many different random books from our childhood mm-hmm. over the course of these three years or whatever we're at now. Yeah. Um, and rediscovering things that we didn't know. Yeah. That, like are don't hold up but also stuff like this like the history of stuff that you never would have known when you read it when you were 12 exactly yeah um so yeah because like it was definitely i didn't read it as a child to like learn as a like school book i just read it on my own well i don't know that probably brings us to the end if you have narnia thoughts or children's literature thoughts uh you can read it out to us on social media we're at nature finds a pod on facebook instagram and Twitter, or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or leave us a rating or a review so that other people can find the podcast too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find that book. I will put it in the show notes, but it's hard because my Goodreads, I've actually read a lot of babysitters books <laughs> in the last year because that's how I cope with my life. Anyway, <laughs> we will be back in two weeks with it's winter but it's actually christmas because we're finally breaking the seal and we're doing a hallmark movie but don't worry there's science we already watched it we're doing you me and the christmas tree starring danica mckeller who's this scientist mathematician and everything will be great and fine and great and christmasy yay Um, yay yay so look forward to that and in the meantime stay Stay science science friends. friends